Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Love Fruit podcast. And we're very lucky today to be joined by another legend of from the world of raw foods, veganism, healthy living, plant-based diet, and so on. And that's Karen, Karen Calabrese. Karen is a raw foodist and restaurateur from Chicago. She started... Um, one of the world's longest-running raw food restaurants, Karen's Raw Bistro. She initially worked as a professional model and was featured in national magazines and television commercials before moving towards helping people with a raw food diet and eventually opening up a number of different restaurants and a spa, writing books and teaching people all over the U.S. about uh, the raw food diet and the healing that it brings. So... Um, Karen, is there anything else that you would like to say about yourself in an in introduction? Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't just jump right into being a raw foodist. I was a vegetarian first, and then I was a vegan. And then I was fortunate enough to meet Dr. Ann Wigmore, who started the raw movement in our time. I was actually her student. She used to stay with me in my home. And it was like an evolution of becoming this way. You know, I didn't just all of a sudden read a book because there, were, there weren't that many books on it back 50, 40 years ago when I started. Sure. So I, I didn't go from A to Z overnight. It was a process for me. But I've been plant-based for over 50 years now. I've been uh, raw for oh, a little over 40 years now. And uh, it's just one of, been one of the most marvelous um, assignments of my life <laughs> that I've ever had. <laughs> I love that word. That's, uh, I've never heard someone put it that way, but that makes so much sense. Um, I would like to ask firstly, Karen, about your upbringing. Were you brought up on an alternative diet or was it kind of a standard American upbringing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm uh, from I, I'm African American, <clears throat> and I certainly grew up on a standard African American diet. Uh, you know, but what brought me to this world was all the women in my family died overweight and very young. My mom died at 47. My grandmother died at 50, and my great grandmother died at 60. So all the women were like going. In fact, I took care of my mother till the day she died. So, and I was a very sickly child. So I knew that I, I needed to seek out something different. And I will tell you this straight up: I'm 75 years old. I don't know what illness is. I don't know what tiredness is. I don't know what surgery is. It's just been. <laughs> this way of living. And I have no judgment of anybody choosing to do anything, any way that works for them in their life. But I feel I've been given a wonderful opportunity to live a lifestyle and helpful, hopefully help young women and men understand that it's, it's cause and effect. I mean, the human body, the human, we're meant to be here so much longer. We're not meant to suffer the way we do, of course, with the, what we've done to the world and the environment, the soil, the air, the water, you know, we aren't in alignment. So we have to do some extra stuff, which is why I opened up my wellness spas where we do oxygen therapies and all kinds of stuff. We can get into that um, sure. later, but it's, it's, we're, we're not living in um, normal conditions for human beings. And so we have to go that extra distance to really make things work for us and find some form of balance in this really kind of crazy world that we homo yeah. sapiens have placed ourselves in. So I did not come from this. Uh, all Everybody in my family, I'm like one of the few living left. I have a, two cousins left that are uh, one is she's in okay shape because she became a vegan about three or four years ago. Finally, after years and years, you know, I was that relative that you didn't invite to dinner because <laughs> you didn't know what to do with me. And, oh, you know, crazy Karen. I still get calls, you know, oh, she's that health nut. Meanwhile, health nut, I'm 75 years old. I take a professional advanced ballet class with girls 18 and under after major surgeries from falling. I have a, I broke my shoulder in some many places and, and my kneecap. But I'm called the health nut, right? In reality, um, I have been given a way of life to show that, yes, life is going to throw us stuff to happen to us. This is what we're here for. We're not here to have the most beautiful car, make the most money, uh, have the best influencer, Instagram stuff. We're here for the evolution of our souls. And so whatever universe spirit in my world sends you, we're supposed to take it 
learn to evolve from it and move forward, not become a victim to it. So coming with that way of thinking, I've worked with people with cancer, endometriosis, Crohn's disease. I do wellness co coaching for over 40 years also that I learned from Dr. Wigmore and a lot of other wonderful, notable people in the process. And in my world, anything can be overcome, including aging, including wrinkling up, <laughs> you know, all of this is just a manifestation of what's going on internally in our bodies. We have this beautiful mirror here that tells us exactly what's going on. And we're not taught to listen to it. We're taught two plus two is four. We're taught to learn all these things in school, but we're not taught anything about how to be a human being and manifest what's best for us as a human being at this point in time in our lives. Will it be perfect? No, stuff is going to happen. If you knew my last four years of my life, you go, oh my God, <laughs> you know, why isn't she in the fetal position doing drugs? But it was all just the <laughs> evolution of to make my soul grow more. And I don't know, I'm just so happy and so excited every morning that I wake up. And I'm so grateful for you to have me on your show because anytime I can get the word out of what my experiences have been, and maybe it resonates with someone because here's the deal. I don't believe you go from A to Z overnight. I don't believe there's a, a good or a bad or a right or a wrong. I think it's a process. And we all come here with a different process to learn. Uh, I was pretty radical when I started in the beginning, like most of you young radical people are. And I'm not saying you are, but most people are. You got to do this. Yet. But you know what? Everything isn't for everybody at every moment in their lives. You know, I, I get I've been criticized over the years for things here and there that I've done and whatever. And it's like, you know what? I love zebras, but it would be a real boring world. if There's nothing but zebras here. You know, what would I have to compare it to? So I like uh, hopefully being a living example of a process that we can all go through comfortably yeah yeah that's that's a fantastic opening um, <laughs> so I, I i would be curious though as to what was the first thing that made you start to explore healthy living and changing your oh, lifestyle you're gonna love this <laughs> i was constipated my whole life right even the doctors told my mother that uh, I used to go to the bathroom once a week, once every two weeks, and the doctor told my mother, well, that's just her system, right? That's just how her body works, really? <laughs> and so my mother kind of had that belief, but, you know, what I'm putting in, if it's not coming out, what's going on? Well, it's making you miserable, you know? It's rotting, it's putrefying, it's sending stuff out through your skin, so you get pimples, you get mood swings, you have horrible menstrual cycles, everything is going wrong because you're walking around full of, I won't say the word on here, but you're walking around. So they had told my mother that uh, it was just normal for this to happen. Well, my mother was a hippie, uh, you know, back in the day. And uh, she, I went to uh, eight grammar schools, four high schools. I was all over the country, to be honest with you, with my mom. And so she heard about carrot juice. And so she introduced me to drinking carrot juice. And lo and behold, I, being a slightly obsessive compulsive person, I started drinking it and liking it. And boy, did I start going to the bathroom and it was like, wow. And then my skin started clearing up and, you know, all kinds of wonderful things. By the way, I don't recommend people drink straight carrot juice, but it was my beginning. You know, it's way too much sugar, even uh, healthy sugar for most people to handle. But it got me going to the bathroom, okay? And if you're going to the bathroom, you're going to think differently. It's all connected. Your gut is your brain. There are two, two brains here, the gut and up here. So you start to clear the gut out, and the brain up here is going to start to work better, right? So I started going to the bathroom. And then I have to say, I have just been so divinely blessed in my evolution that the right person just appeared at the right time in my life. And I'm... I'm, I'm an only child. I grew up by myself. I, I, I don't have a lot of, I wasn't a team player. I play the piano and dance. So I did everything. So it was kind of easy for me to go, oh, wow, this is working. I don't need to discuss it with anybody. Oh, I'm also an Aries with five planets in Aries. You don't tell us much of anything anyway. So I had this attitude of, okay, I know what I'm doing. And the right teachers appeared at the right time. And I listened. And, uh, Listen to 100% all the time? No, but enough to see the evolution of my change physically. So my skin cleared up. Um, I didn't even know when my menstrual cycle was coming. It was so great, you know, and things just started to happen. So I knew I was going in the right direction. And one of the things that I teach intently 
is when you know and hear the truth for yourself, you have to set up your world for it to work. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, oh, I'm going to be a raw foodist and or I'm going to juice every day and I'm going to buy a juicer. But that that's not really realistic, you know? Right. So I've always been gentle with myself in my transitions. Uh, I haven't listened to a lot of people in my transitions except the teachers that I chose. And I chose my teachers by what they represented. So I wouldn't go to a toothless dentist. I wouldn't go to a dermatologist with bad skin. I wouldn't go to a stiff yogi. Dr. Wigmore, who started the raw movement, could do cartwheels at 87. Okay, I'm going to listen to anything she says. <laughs> All right. And I, I kind of became her disciple after being a, 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 a vegetarian and then vegan all those years. And it was just a beautiful progression for me. Yeah. So I kind of got results right away with everything and I paid attention to them and so, I didn't take them for granted. So who were the, what were the stages along the way and what inspired those? You talked about being vegetarian, being vegan and eventually finding the raw foods more did you have particular books or teachers or classes that were that were happening? No, here's what happened. Okay, so my mother started me drinking the carrot juice, right? Yeah. And I kind of developed it. This is why I know it's not a natural instinct for humans to eat dead flesh. So I'm drinking all this carrot juice. And like I said, I wasn't just drinking a couple of glass. I was drinking gallons, <laughs> you know, because it was making me feel good. And I was getting all this energy and pooping. And... I developed a natural repulsion to red meat. So I just decided I wasn't going to eat anymore. I haven't read anybody or anything. I just, when I looked at it, it was like, yeah. And, but I was still eating chicken. This was way in the beginning. And then one day I've always been a good cook and I love to food prep. I learned from my great grandmother. And one day I was making chicken soup in the kitchen and I forgot about, I put the chicken in the pot and I forgot about it. And I went to go put the vegetables in and the bones were floating over here and the skin was, and I thought, what are you doing? You know? And so I never ate chicken again after that. So it was, it was paying attention to myself, which I don't seem to have a problem with <laughs> and what was happening around me. It was like honing in on, okay, this doesn't feel right anymore. And then I was fortunate enough to read some of the great books and, and people out there, Pablo Arriola and a bunch of other people that a lot of people don't even know about now. Victoris Kovenskas, I read Survival in the 21st Century. He and I are still best friends. Um, I was, I just, when I read stuff, it resonated and I set up my world to be a part of. Now, I'm not saying I've been 100% perfect along the way. Yeah. You know, I had my backward steps. But I was also realizing that those backward steps, I would go, wow, you know, wow, I don't feel as good as I did. Or wait, I got a pimple all of a sudden or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was paying attention to me, the most magnificent thing I have and that I'll ever be given to pay attention to. And that's what I really tell people to do. Put all your time, your energy, your money in you. And it'll pay off because then you grow bigger shoulders to help thousands. Wow. Wow. Great, amazing message. How did you find Anne Wigmore? And can you tell us a bit about her? I think I, I don't think people know a lot about her nowadays. Right. She, well, she's responsible for us drinking wheatgrass and all the green stuff people are drinking. And she's responsible. She and Victor Kolvenskas, who's still living, uh, she's responsible for the raw foods. I mean, there were the natural hygienists. Uh, too, but they didn't that I know of have the popular. They didn't push it out like she did, or maybe I just wasn't on their lane or track to get it. Right. But for me, she was the first person in getting out. She had an institute in Boston, uh, the Hippocrates Institute. So I was busy being a vegan and doing all my stuff here in Chicago, and still doing some modeling and you know having a good time with my life. Um, I like to tell people I was a pot smoking vegan in the beginning. I do no drugs now. And people <laughs> point their fingers at me and go, oh my goodness, you smoked pot back then. It wasn't right. You know, I go, hey, it's part of my process. I'm doing what works for me. And that's how I look at life. Uh, I don't now, and I don't judge people who do, but um, so I had met this girl who was a airline um, flight attendant and she was said, oh, you're a vegetarian. Have you heard about Dr. Wigmore and raw foods? And I said, no. 
And I just called her up on the phone and she spoke to people then. And I talked to her and she invited me to her place in Boston. And I just went, didn't have money or anything else. I just found a way to go. And I had children at the time. I was a single mom. And I went and my whole world changed. Seeing going raw. I mean, I like to tell people going from being a carnivore to a vegetarian was like, oh my God. And then going from a vegetarian to a vegan was like, really? And then going from vegan cook to vegan raw, I thought I could walk on water, <laughs> right? You know, you could just feel the transition. I felt the transition, I'll put it that way. And I know so many uh, people today, they read a book, there's so much out there now and they become raw. And I think that's wonderful if it works for you. But I also hear of a lot of people that have done it and five years later or seven years later, they're back. You know, there were some very huge people on Instagram for a while that were the raw food queens and doing the Nile, they're eating meat again. <laughs> and that's their process, of course. But I do believe that that little going over bridges along the way helped me to sustain it for yes. years. Well, you, you know, didn't... gave me. Yeah, and you didn't, you didn't have it easy back then. You had to go to Boston to learn about this and, you know, phone and, and up read and books. <laughs> Right. And there was nobody in Chicago doing it at the time. I was like that real crazy lady when I opened up the first raw restaurant. I think there was one other one. Aris Lafamme had a place in New York who's one of the greatest raw food chefs in yeah. the world. And the other one, uh, there were four guys from Morehouse College had a place in Atlanta, a raw. That was only thing that I know of in the world that was going on raw at the time. And, um, you know, I just, uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who was one of my initial teachers, um, in fact, he spoke at my place years ago. There was him. And then there was the Optimal Health Institute in San Diego. Yeah. That was a, a Wigmore place originally, and eventually Rachel Solomon. And I started going there on a consistent basis. And here's the deal. And here's what I think more than anything, even though I'm 100% raw, even though I don't drink uh, do drugs or smoke or anything whatsoever, I still detox my body four times a year. So I started going to Optimum Health Institute two to four times a year, taking every class they had, like it was a beginning class, like I'd never heard it before. So I think I got it on a cellular level. It wasn't right. an idea or a thought. It was in my body. Wow. I have no choice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not preaching it. I have no choice. Not that I want one. But I got it on a cellular level, which I think a lot of young people and, and young converts are missing a little bit because, yeah. you know, they hear the word, they do it, they start preaching it. And it sounds right, but it isn't in their cells yet. It isn't in their, you know, it is initially, but it hasn't really been awakened. We are born to do this and live this way, but I don't know that it's been awakened yet. Yeah. So... I, I think, and this is what I preach the most, is no matter where you are, you need to cleanse and detox your body a minimum of four times a year because you're living in an insane world for humans. Uh, I mean, I don't drink, smoke, or do drugs, but I'm driving behind buses. I was just in traffic before I met up with you, you know, and a little stress there or whatever yeah. um, because I had to talk to you and meet you. <laughs> I had a little stress there. But I'm saying the world isn't set up. If we lived in the jungle, in a rainforest, then we probably wouldn't need to. But even if the way I, even the way I live, I cleanse and detox my body without fail four times a year. And that includes fasting, but I do things to work toward it. And it includes a certain amount of spiritual practices and, and um, emotional. I'm, I've just started doing something called TRE therapy. Uh, which releases stuff in your system emotionally that we hang on to that creates stuff. So finding four sacred times a year just to work on you in every way that you think is the best way, I think is the most important thing that I can teach and message I can give. That's um, fantastic. Amazing. Um, let me ask, so you went over to Anne Wigmore's Institute and and a lot of people might know that that turned into Hippocrates and that's still running to this day, the Hippocrates Health Institute. And um, where did it go from there in terms of, did you, did you find it a relatively easy transition to stick with a raw food diet? And well, you know, because I love to food prep. Yeah. And because I'm obsessive compulsive, <laughs> I don't know if you picked that up yet. Um, 
I started making food and I became raw before I went there. Uh, I, I had Ann Wigmore at my house because I used to go, there was a place here in Michigan called the Creative Health Institute that also did the same thing they did at her place. And she would come to Chicago a couple of times a year. So I started these meetings in my home I call Learn to Live International. <laughs> so cute. And I would put up notices in different health food stores around Chicago. There were only three or four at the time. And I would invite people to my home the third Sunday of every month to just get together and talk about alternative healing. Well, nobody was talking about raw foods or what do they call them now where people even, uh, you know, getting together to eat. And I would put up menus in this recipe in the health food stores and it wouldn't say raw food. It would just say, bring something to share. And I would give ideas or if we made one thing together, I'd tell different people. And I started with six people in my home. I lived in Evanston at the time and I ended up getting 90 people a month in my home to talk oh my about God. alternative health. And then I would bring Dr. Wigmore in to speak to them. I spoke at Unity Church. It just, it just, you know, it, I was at the right place at the right time and I listened. Everybody's at the right place at the right time. You got to listen. And I just listened. And so I started before I actually went there. I started doing stuff here in Chicago. I bought her books. I read her books. Um, I started making food. Uh, Edie Mae Huntsberger was one of the first raw food cookbooks out there. There was nobody else. And I think um, Victoria's had a girlfriend um, that had a raw food cookbook. And so those are some of my basis or basics, but because I love to cook and prepare food, I kind of dream food. I just kind of started making my own thing and I would have people at my home and I would feed them these things. And I was still modeling, but people started asking me, well, Karen, what do I do about this? And so I started giving out advice, you know, and it kind of evolved into me being a counselor to people, helping them make changes. I never set out to do this. I promise you, it just happened. Wow. That's incredible. So, um, and would you say that for a lot of people out there, that might be a good place to start if they wash, want to help people, just, just inviting people to their home? Yes, I think, I, because, you know, as humans, we're tribal. And part of the hardest part of making changes is stepping away from the tribe. You know, yeah. if everybody's wearing a baseball cap this way and turns it around, then everybody starts turning the baseball cap around, right? We like to feel connected. We are symbiotically connected. And when you're out here by yourself, it can feel lonely and there's a gravitational pull to go in the other direction. And so being an only child and doing stuff on my own, I didn't quite have that like a lot of other people, but I also had this need to talk about what I was doing and hear other people's uh, visions of how they felt about it. So this inviting people into my home was really a great way because first of all, I wanted to show off. So the week before I was doing it, I was good. The week during I was good. And the week after I was good. So I only had one week to worry about. Right? <laughs> so I'm saying that I may do something that I shouldn't do. So I basically set up an environment for myself. And this is what I've done. That's yeah. why I opened up the first raw food restaurant in the Midwest because I needed the environment. I do it all for me. I just share it with other people. And people feel like, oh, that's so selfish to think that way, Karen. But it's not because it's made me who I am to help thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, I've literally had thousands and thousands of people go through my program. I think that something that's striking me about what you're saying is that you had this awareness, this real intelligence about how to change your life. And part of that came from you creating environments that supported you and also supported yeah. other people as a, as a result. But a lot of people don't get that. And I, I wonder... Where did it evolve then into the rest coming into putting up restaurants and, and going to that level? <laughs> going into total insanity? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, um, I love to feed people. I've always loved to feed people. Um, my last home that I lived in before I moved where I am now, I have dinner parties of 30 people. Stevie Wonder's eating in my house, Angela Bassett. I love to feed people. So like I said, it all starts from what is best for me, but evolves into helping other people. So I love to feed people. I love to talk to people. Um, people, uh, and I just started doing what I love to do. How's that? I just started doing what I love to do. I didn't think about making money. I didn't think about uh, 
you know, how it was, there was no Instagram or anything for anybody to judge what I was doing, you know. Um, I just did what I love to do. And, and that's the recommendation I tell people. You obviously love doing what you're doing. So you do it well. You do what you love to do, not what you think you should do or not from a should. And it will evolve into what you're supposed to be doing. Because we all come here with a purpose and a process. It's figuring it out. And I thought I was supposed to be this, you know, hotshot model traveling all over the world. <laughs> like I did, you know, doing, well, that wasn't actually what was supposed to meant for me. And I'll take it another step. So I had three restaurants. I had a wellness center. I've spoken all over the world. And then all of a sudden it was snatched away from me. I lived on Astor Street, Street, which is the premier place in Chicago to live. I drove a Bentley. I had everything that I thought I wanted. And four years ago, everything was snatched away for whatever reasons. You know, we can go into it later. And even my dog died. And so I was standing in the restaurant. And I thought, oh, my God. I said, well, but at least I got my health. Yeah. And I was teaching a detox class, but no, I fell and broke my shoulder in 17 places. Then I broke my, I broke my kneecap. My head was out to here. Uh, I was thrown into a hospital, which I'm terrified of. I haven't been to a doctor in you know, 40 something years. I was thrown into a hospital because I had no choice. And the whole world was like, I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't walk down the street. And I thought, what is going on? Well, I'll tell you what was going on. The mystics believe, and I do too, that we live in 10-year cycles. And when you get to 70, you die. But you don't have to literally die. You can die because you're not thriving in life any longer. You know, you're watching the same judge shows on TV. You're going on the same cruises or the same restaurant. You're just doing, you're just kind of surviving in life at 70. So I think God universe said, you've done such a good job so far, Karen. I'm not letting this stop. Whoosh, I'm taking everything away from you and you got to start all over again. Oh, wow. And it's been the most, the biggest joy of my life. Not initially when it all happened, but when I figured it out and I was able to change, this is a whole new spa center I'm doing now. I'm opening up another restaurant. The other's closed. Um, not my fault, but things happen. And uh, I moved from my beautiful palace to, I live in the suburbs now, which is why <laughs> driving to the city is unique for me. Uh, but I'm, I was so happy before, now I'm happy and grateful. And now I'm coming up with new things. Like we were talking, I think everybody needs, I'll do one quick commercial. Sure. I'm teaching a sugar break now. Okay, I, I'm, I'm thinking everybody in the world needs to take a break from sugar. And I know I angered a bunch of people because I'm even talking about fruit. But here's the deal. When I went from being a carnivore to a vegetarian, big difference, vegetarian to vegan, big difference, from vegan to raw, big difference. When I gave up all sugar except tomatoes and uh, red peppers for six months, I went another whole, another whole segment. I eat fruit now, but I figured my body needed a rest because the sugars and the fruits today that we eat are not like when man was created. The lifestyle of how people are was not when we were fruitarians. We were roaming the planet. You know, we had to work. We didn't sit behind our computers and drive to the grocery store to get our fruit. We had to work for it. So we needed that kind of insulin sugar buildup. So, and I made some, uh, I was doing a live and I made a few little um, fruitarians upset with me. I had one little, I had one little girl go, well, Karen, you know, you're only 75 and you're saying no fruit. There are guys in the jungle climbing trees to get their fruit. And I go, but there's the operative word. They're climbing the tree to get the fruit. You know, they're not strolling to their supermarket or driving there. So it's, it's a continued evolution of how can I live and do better in this world? I do it for me. And then I try and pass it on to anybody that's willing and ready to listen to. I do have a, a, a sugar break kit available. Anybody interested? That's the only commercial I'll do. But um, I think people need to take a break from sugar too. All uh, honey, syrup, maple syrup, coconut sugar. The only thing I do uh, have people use during this break is monk fruit and stevia because they actually balance the blood sugar levels. But everything else, I think people today, even if you do 10 days, five days, you will feel and see a difference in your system. Thank you very much. Um, so, Karen, it's something that's well known is that making a restaurant a success is like almost impossible, really hard thing to do. Um, well known is one of the most difficult things to, to do in business in, in many ways to get to make a successful restaurant. Mm -hmm. What was that journey like for you? How did you, how did you come to success with that? <laughs> okay, this is 
So I opened up in a burnt out area in Chicago because I had no money. I actually sold some jewelry and borrowed to open up this first restaurant. I had nothing. And people used to walk by my restaurant, stick their fingers down their throat. Like, uh, you know, I had raw food, Karen. And um, for some reason, I don't know, Universe said it, I was put on Oprah's show. And after I was on Oprah, it was like, oh, maybe we got this here in Chicago. And I changed it from raw Karen's to just good, fresh food. So I took the raw out of it. You could use it now, but I took the word raw out of it at the time. Because, oh, I have to tell you, I even had the police thought I was doing something illegal there because I was growing wheatgrass. I was the first person to uh, grow wheatgrass in Chicago and I was composting in the basement there. The board of health came in and closed me down. They didn't know anything. They heard never juice bars and all this was not heard of. So I did have a uniquely difficult time in the beginning, but I have to say God takes care of fools and children and I'm not a child. So it was just meant to be. <laughs> Great. So you, you talked about there about um, being on Oprah and uh, serving various three, three times. Oh, fantastic! Um, what? Uh, who oh, she didn't have me on for raw foods. She didn't have me on for raw foods. She had me on because I think I was fifty-two at the time, and because I wasn't, <clears throat> she had women not aging. Oh, okay, okay. You know, so she had me, but I talked about it. I got it out there. I spoke about it. And right. got the word out, and so she didn't have me on for raw food. She didn't know anything about it. Who are who are some of the other celebrities that you've met, and you you talked about having a number of people at your dinner parties and stuff? Do you have any stories about this? Um, well, yeah, well, Beyonce came to the restaurant. Um, Angel Bassett was just here about a month ago at my wellness spa. Stevie Wonder, God love him. In fact, he ate at my house, so uh, he came into town to do a um a, a the, um, concert and he called me up when the concert was over it was about 10 or 11 o'clock I didn't go and he said hey Karen I'm hungry and I said well the restaurants are closed I'm sorry and he, oh I'm sorry and he said I said hey can some I said I'm sorry I'm trying to pull the thing out um the restaurants are closed he said but I'm hungry Karen and I said well if you come to my house I'll feed you right so that day, I lived in a high rise. One of the elevators was out. And by the time he got there at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, the other elevator was out. And somebody on the 25th floor needed a defibrillator. And so the police were downstairs. The fire department was downstairs. And everybody was, you know, trying to get this up. And all of a sudden, Stevie Wonder pulls up. <laughs> his entourage. <laughs> and everybody's taking pictures with him downstairs. And he had to walk up. 20 flights of stairs to my house to have dinner. And people were passing him in the back hallway, seeing Stevie Wonder, Wonder and his entourage walking up. And he came to stay till about two, three in the morning. I made him soul food, cook soul food, not raw. I made him cook soul food. And we had a, a marvelous time. So I've had, um, Frazier Thomas has been to my place. Uh, let's see, who's the, um, I don't even always know everybody when they're there. Who's the funny comedian? Um, Will Will uh, Will Ferrell has been there. Oh, and, wow. um, let's see who else. I don't know. We had. I mean, people were coming in left and right, and I just was always so excited because I had something that could help people, and uh, they had a reason to come to Chicago and <laughs> what they were here for. Do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in starting a raw food restaurant? Absolutely. Go work for somebody else for a year first. Learn the restaurant business first. I didn't do that. Go learn on somebody else's dime. Even if you don't work for a raw food restaurant, work for a restaurant. So right. you understand that business first. Yeah. And then start small. You know, I didn't do that either. Start small and um, have another objective other than just the restaurant, I think, because what actually helped me to start turning it around too was I started teaching detox classes out of the space and that brought people in. And I started bringing in other speakers like Dr. Gabriel Cousins, different people would come in and speak at my, my restaurant. So I think you, or maybe now, I don't know, it's so popular maybe they don't need to do all that, but I certainly, I, I'm in the process of opening up a place out in the suburbs where I, I live now too. <laughs> I'm 75, I'm still making my dreams come true. So <laughs> I'm in the process of, of opening up another space and I'm kind of figuring out 
Uh, I'm going to put a classroom in there. I'm going to have somebody teaching some yoga. So it's not just for food, but you know, it may work. Do you feel like raw foods has had moments where it's been more popular and less popular over the years? And what, what, what do you think has led to these different shifts? No, I think it has continually gained popularity. Personally. Right. I think it is just growing, growing, growing. And I think social media and the internet and the way we uh, can communicate now has had a huge impact on it. Because when I started, you know, you were still sending faxes, <laughs> you know, being on television was, I mean, I've been in Harper's Bazaar, being on television and magazines was a big deal then. I've talked to some raw foodists now who don't even know what Harper's Bazaar is, you know. Yeah. So I think the social media has made a big change. I think the young people today feeling more of an unrest in the world, looking for more <laughs> and have a, a stronger warrior-like um, attitude toward, you know, doing yeah. it. I think you need both. I think you need the feminine and the masculine. And I don't know that we had as much masculine energy in it in the beginning as we do now. Uh, so I think the two things that the crossover and having the, the whole internet being a huge part. And I have to tell you, I am not a big social media fan. I have to pay somebody to do it for me. I just found somebody because I feel that it keeps me from being present. Right. And I have to work on that anyway, but it's so necessary yeah and obviously your your philosophy around raw food we have a lot of people on this podcast we've been interviewed that are more on the fruitarian side and mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to hear what is your philosophy or what is your style of of raw foods has that changed over the years and what would be like a typical day for you uh, a particular menu for you uh, on a typical day <laughs> well first of all one thing that I noticed most about the young raw foodists are they eat gargantuan amounts of food. I mean, I look at the trials of food and I look some people doing there and they're eating and drinking the whole time. Actually, they're not supposed to eat that much, you know. So, but it's a wonderful beginning because emotionally maybe you aren't ready for it. So you need to constantly be eating or doing something to feel it. If you saw what I ate in a day, you would wonder, people would wonder how I exist. Now I do go through moments because we're actually meant to be breathitarians. You know, we started out as breathitarians and then we became fruitarians and then we became vegans and then vegetarians and then carnivores. And I've actually met a breathitarian when I was in India. I spent a month in India. I worked in a soup kitchen in a leper colony and I met some of the most incredible human beings on the planet spending that time over there. And uh, so we're really, so what I notice with most of the people, they eat constantly all the time uh, I get up in the morning and I have water because and I have structured water uh, because that's what and I structure my water through a machine and it comes from the you know the it's not a regular tap I have a machine on that an alkaline thing and then I structure the water and then it gets further structured I have a whole little I have a whole little if I was at my house I'd show you I have a water station in my house because that's the most important thing to the human being you're 70% water your brain is 70% water. The planet is 70% water. So the water you put in your body is the most important thing that you do. And it's supposed to be the first thing that you do in the day. So I start my day with water and I'm not very hungry after that, especially structured water makes you feel it's like food. So I'm not very hungry after that. And if I'm hungry, I may have uh, like, uh, what if I had today? I've had nothing today other than my water. Um, but I brought along some, um, raw uh, yogurt that I made that I could mix with a little um, um, an, I, Irish moss. Mm -hmm. And I may eat that with some spirulina added to it. I mean, I, you can't go by what I eat because I'm like an alien. You know, <laughs> I, I take so little food and I have, I sleep four and a half hours a night for the past 20 years. I don't sleep more than four and a half hours a wow. night. Um, I'm, which is why I always end up with all these businesses because I have so much. Because you see food, even the good healthy food, your body has to break it down even though it's a shorter period, but it's spending time digesting. Yeah. I have, to, I have so much more energy to do everything else. Um, so I, I will have, uh, you know, I drink wheatgrass sometimes, not all the time. I do do something I called, um, I call it our magic green. I have a whole, I do mostly greens. I do eat fruit. 
but I don't eat a lot of fruit and I usually eat it later in the day because it tends to tire me out. Diabetes runs in my family too. And, and it tends to make you, then you got to have another fix right away. So I tend to start my day with greens. Uh, I like to remind people, hold up your fist. This is the size of your stomach. That's all the food you need. <laughs> you don't need any more than this. That's what it was designed to have. And uh, if you're eating tons of food, that's a wonderful place. But no, that's not the end result. You need to keep detoxing and cleansing and working your way. So, uh, you know, I, I just, so what else would I have? Well, I, I make like some wonderful nut pâtés sometimes, but and I do have days where like if I make something really delicious or somebody makes something really delicious for me, I'll eat. But it's more out of the social and the fun of it than the necessity to my body. I hear you. So I, I went to bed last night at 2 a.m. I was up at 5.30. I do Agni Hotra. I do this fire ceremony every morning with the sunrise. Um, I have my water then. I took my dog for a walk. I um, did my little yoga and exercises and Kriya stuff that I do for myself. And then I did some prep work. Uh, I feed my husband regular food. Um, he's, he eats probably mm, 75% vegan. He, um, he does eat chicken and fish, chicken very rarely, but it's not allowed in my house. <laughs> you know, he doesn't bring it in the house, but he does what's comfortable for him. My husband actually smokes cigarettes. People go, oh my God, Karen. But he's one of the kindest human beings on the planet. I dated a lot of jerks that didn't smoke, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> It's like, uh, he supports me. We've been together 38 years. He supports me in whatever I want to do. Before people knew about coconuts, he got up one morning. We were living on Astra. I had gone to Uncle Dan's and gotten a, a, a hacksaw. And I was in the kitchen opening up a coconut next to his coffee. And he didn't even say anything. Nobody knew about coconuts. So nobody, I'm just in the kitchen hacking. And he just looked, got his coffee and went in the other room. You know, I can just be me. Which, by the way, Arisa Tham is the one that really pushed the whole coconut thing everybody's right. doing. Um, and I had gone to a class with him and assisted him. And so I started buying coconuts at the Thai restaurant or whatever. And I, so it, it's, I don't know, it's just finding, well, I have coconut water most of the time, although the prices are going way up now on them. But um, I have coconut water, I have regular water, I have a lot of green things. I put a spoonful of this green magic in my mouth every morning, which is a food for me. The cellular wall is broken. Funny story about that the new restaurant I'm building. Uh, we had to meet the floor people yesterday and I threw my green magic in my mouth and I was there talking to the people and my daughter FaceTimed me and she said, what's that on your mouth? <laughs> I had a mouth. <laughs> and I was talking to all these people and I had no idea. And when I went back to the floor guy's wife, I said, oh my God, I didn't realize. She said, I just thought your lips had turned blue from the cold, you know? Oh, wow. So um, I love my life. I love life. I love people. I love animals. I love plants. I'm just, an, I, I'm just so grateful Yeah. that I've been given the way that I've been given. Fantastic. Um, when, how long have you been with your husband? Is that? 38 years. Oh, wow. So he's years. been part of the journey with you for a long time? A hundred percent. He thought I was totally insane at the beginning. He had nothing to do with the first restaurant. It was just my little way to keep me busy and out of the stores, you know. Uh, but um, he's been supportive 2,000%. He's in there right now doing shipping for me. He's 78 now, by the way. And most people would never know. And he doesn't need Viagra or Cialis, by the way, guys. It's just because of the way I feed him 90% of the time. Um <laughs> We, we've been together 38 years, going on 39 years. Uh, this February, it'll be 39 years. And that's funny because a lot of people are asked the question, could they be in a relationship with someone that they have that has a different diet to them? And obviously you've made it work and a, a lot of people do. Well, I have, you know, I have, now I have, he has his own refrigerator, but before that, the refrigerator was split in half. The Covered is split in half. So he's comfortable getting what he needs to get. And I, and when we moved out here, I got him a freezer for the basement. So he buys all these wonderful vegan things you can get at Target and all these places, you know. People go, oh, I wouldn't eat fake meat. Well, it's saving a cow. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you if it's somebody who isn't ready to be where we are? Uh, so, yeah, I've made it work because 
he's got so many wonderful qualities as a human being and we're all on our own journey i can't dictate somebody else's journey what was you ask me i'll definitely <laughs> i was about to say if you ask me i'll dictate it but go ahead <laughs> What, let me ask you, what's been some of the most popular things at your restaurants? And I wouldn't be surprised if you've maybe invented a few raw food dishes over the years as well. What are the How things? How about kale chips? Kale chips were, I was the first to do kale chips. I was the first to do almond pate, the nut pates. Uh, the kale chips, it was a funny thing. This girl called Raw Mouse, she was one of the beginning raw foods. I don't know if she's still around. She came to Chicago and I made this beautiful kale salad. And we didn't finish it. And I really don't throw anything away. So I threw it in the dehydrator and it was like the most delicious thing we ever ate. So then I started making it. She said, Karen, you know, she had a business. She said, uh, I'm not going to make this. I'll let you do it in a, in a business first. But this is in fact. But then she eventually made it. And now it's, you know, everybody does it. Um, my pâtés, the cheeses. I was the beginning of most of the cheeses. I kind of learned it from Victor and, and Wigmore at first. But I kind of added to it, making all the flavors and stuff. Um, lasagna. I mean, that's all stuff I did 40 years sure. ago. And everybody's acting like it's a brand new thing, which I'm happy. You know, this <laughs> is what I started out to make it a household work. But it, it's a little bit annoying <clears throat> when people say to me, oh, Karen, have you been this place? Um, have you been so-and-so? They make this great thing. And I said, well, they probably improved my recipe a thousand percent. I'll try it. But um, I'll tell you one other thing. I'm just telling somebody, I'll call them that. Um, that um, I find that is all the people in our world, all they want to do is talk about food. You know, so I don't hang out with a lot of vegans or raw foodists because I do so much more than food. Yeah. You know, I play the piano, I dance, I read books other than about veganism and raw food. I even read romance novels. Uh, I, I do politics. My world is so much more than just food. Sure. And unfortunately, when you hang out with our people, that's all they want to talk about is food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. God bless people. But, you know, we've got to remember to keep ourselves more well-rounded, too. There's so much more in the world. You know, how, where's your spiritual life going? Yeah. You know, I, I was raised a Baha'i. We were originally Catholic. And then my mother, when I was 12, became a Baha'i. So I had to study all the religions from Jainism to everything. And I did that from most of my teen to adult years. But when I became an adult, I discovered Pure Velayat and I became a Sufi. That's when I went to India. And now I follow a guy named Sadhguru, who I think is a brilliant mystic of our time. So I, and I listen to him. I must, I meditate an hour and a half to two hours every morning when I get up. I listen to things that are going to enrich me and my soul for the day. I don't count on me being able to do it by myself, although I, I can, but I, I, I take in other information. Um, my day is so much more than food. It really is. It's funny, I just had a friend who was, you mentioned Sad Guru there, he was just telling me, literally just before we talked, he was, he's going to go for seven months to go and volunteer at his place or something like that. Oh, and Isha, I'm so jealous. My <laughs> dream is to do that this year. That's my dream. Uh, next year, I'm going to go there next year. Um, he has a place in the States, in Tennessee, but I want to go back to India and sure. I want to go to Sad Guru. He is, he's a modern day sage. Speaks of now, you know, which resonates for me. Sure. So sure. I always have some spiritual teacher that I'm following too, that it isn't a particular religion. It's about the vibrations of what we're in and a part of. Do you see supplements as being an important part of, of your do diet? I see what? Do you take any supplements or see that as being? Yes, I do. Uh, most of my supplements are green, but I do do extra vitamin C and zinc and D3. And from time to time, I put in different things depending on what I'm going. I have a whole line of, of products also. Uh, but I, and I give my husband a million of them, you know, which is why he doesn't need Cialis and Viagra and all that. <laughs> but I, I think that, um, I think because of the, world that we live in that's so out of I mean even if you're buying organic the organic farm is next to a pig farm you know what I'm saying and the wind doesn't stop right right yeah right. and I don't think the soil in many places has the nutrients so I do do um I do shijale 
I do different mineral forms. Um, I, yes, I do do a dish. I add to myself. Sure, at sure. At this point in time. So we've talked a little bit about the things outside of diet, and we, you talked about your spa. And what are some of the things you think are important outside of the, the diet and exercise part of thing that helps to stay healthy, stay vital, stay young? I think the most important thing that I have, and by the way, I just bought one for my house, are my hyperbaric chambers. Oxygen. You know, when man was created, the oxygen levels were at 38%. After the Industrial Revolution, they were down to 22%. And we're living in the teens in terms of our environment, right? All cancer cells, all viruses, all things are anaerobic. They can't live in an oxygenated environment. So even if you're 100% raw, uh, you're still not getting oxygen from the air that you need the way you're supposed to have it. So I have hyperbaric chambers here where you can oxygenate. I have little oxygen things where you can sit and you get a colonic here, which I believe uh, I'm very... Uh, believe in colonics, we do colon therapy. Um, we have infrared saunas to help you detox and, and um, you know, uh, sweat the poisons out. And I actually have ozone therapy. I've been doing ozone therapy for over 30 years now. I met Dr. Alwa, who wasn't far from here, and I started doing ozone therapy. And they have, uh, 15, 20 years ago, they had 10 million documented cases of people healed with AIDS and cancer with ozone therapy. It's the third molecule of oxygen. And it just gets rid of the yeast. Oh, by the way, I do oil of oregano too. I have my own brand of that. Because the yeast is the main thing that we need to work on in our systems on a consistent basis is the yeast because of all the stresses we live with. But I'm real big on oxygen therapy. I have it everywhere. I have one in my house. I have a TP one that you can sit up here. I have the kind. You can go to my website and see them. Or we, we're rebuilding the website right now. But I'm real big on oxygenating the body. I even have oxygen drops that you can take and you put in your nose. I do those every day. So oxygen, you can live without water. You can live without food for a while, but you can't live without oxygen. So, you know, getting that in in the best form in your system to me is one of the most important things you can do. Sure, sure. Um, and my spa is all about that. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Um, so that's oxygenation sort of treatments and things like that. Um, yeah, and drops and all kinds of ways to do oxygen. Amazing. So, Karen, what, what would be sort of your advice for people that are starting off? They're maybe listening to this, they've come across you, they're looking to make some of the changes you've made in, uh, in your life. What would be your advice to them? Well, uh, it would be a couple of things. It depends on what stage of advice you're looking for. You know, if you're ready to uh, jump right in, I would find a teacher that resonates with you, that you feel comfortable with, and that's manifesting and living what you're working toward, which is what I did. Um, if uh, you need another way, I would say give up all cow secretions. That's the worst thing that we do. Give up the dairy first more than anything, and it will kind of help you to remove some layers to hear more and do more. Um, but, you know, and, and, and don't look for good or bad or right or wrong. Look for what's going to resonate with you to help you cross bridges. Yeah. You know, we need to cross those bridges. Yeah. And so read everything you can. I know you don't have to read anymore. I have a library here. I have a library in my home. I love books, but everything's on the internet now. Um, question what you hear, question me what I'm saying. You know, I, I don't necessarily have everybody's truth. Yeah. Uh, but find somebody that resonates and don't look for right or wrong. Look for a process that works for you. Excellent. Karen, what are your plans for the future? Would you like to share some of your dreams and goals with us? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to be opening up what I have in the city here in the suburbs. Also, I'm going to put a spot out there because it's a totally untapped market. I think there's one colonic place for miles and miles around. Uh, and I have a whole new audience out there because everybody's doing in the city what I started doing, which is what I set out to do. I just didn't plan on firing myself <laughs> with it. But people don't need to travel anymore. Everything is everywhere now, which is wonderful. So I'm opening up out there. I would love to spend from January to March in a warm climate. I would love to be in, in um, San, um, where, where Victor lives. I, I don't know why I can't think of it in the moment. 
but I, I would love to spend three or four months away from my life here to write more and, you know, kind of see what develops because I'm not so busy. Um, what else? I'm writing another book. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with helping people in their journey, I'm hoping. Um, I just want to continue to heal, transform myself and learn new, and being a living example of what we can do. Fantastic. I'd like to um, ask you, you've kind of brought this up a little bit, but you seem to have a, a spirituality in your life. Would you like to talk about that, what that means to you and why that's important as well? Yes. Uh, I start my day off with a, a, a thing called Agni Hotra. I have one here. It's a fire ceremony. And it's the oldest known uh, science to man. It's in the Vedics. And what it is, is when the sun rises, at, particularly when it hits the horizon, and it's different parts in even different parts of the city. So there are timetables you can follow. It's called Agni Hotra. And so when the sun rises, uh, it's the belief that a curtain is pulled back between there and here. And all of this energy comes through when that curtain is pulled back for us to receive and get. So I do that ceremony. There's a mantra you say with it. You burn cow shit. I mean, cow crap, excuse me. And my husband woke up one day and I was burning cow stuff in the house, you know, and he just went about his business. <laughs> uh, so I do that every day. I do Kriya yoga. I do, it brings me peace. And I'm very big on organization because I think most people are living in chaos and they don't even realize it. Right. So I'm exceptionally organized. I mean, to the point of people would call it OCD, but it gives me peace. When I was in the hospital for that time, my, my uh, assistant had to go get clothes for me at my house. And she said, she's never seen anything. I got to go in the third drawer on the left-hand side underneath this, you'll find this. I mean, I know where everything is, but yeah. that brings me peace. Yep, yep. So whatever I'm bringing into my life, I'm organizing it also. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. How do people find out more about you, communicate with you, learn more from you? Well, I have been doing these uh, free information seminars. I do them once or twice a month and I advertise it on Instagram. I just went with this marvelous um, marketing firm. They're out of the UK, by the way. Um, this guy, uh, Trevor, he has a marketing firm. And um, so they're setting up I, I, my, my um, YouTube. I mean, my uh, website needs a lot of stuff and they're working on it. So it will be relaunched in January. But I do have a website you can go to. Uh, I think it's called shopkarens.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Karen Calabrese. I'm on YouTube. I've got a bunch of YouTubes out there. Uh, I'm on, I'm on all the social media uh, and you can call my spa. You can call me, you can DM me on Instagram. I, I respond eventually. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I hate typing on the little phone. And I, I really, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm learning, you know, because I'm sure it's just like people say, I hate not eating meat. So I've got to learn. I've got to be a part of this. So I'm, 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 I'm making myself become more a part of it. But you can DM me. You can call me. You can send me messages. Um, um, you can go to my website if people want to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I have all my detox classes. You can purchase different things. I have, uh, I have Black Friday. I did a bunch of uh, wellness boxes you can buy if you want to work on different things. Um, I'm very available. Fantastic. I love being available. And I think I, I, something I just thought that I've, I've not asked, but I probably should ask for certain parts of our audience. How do you manage to look so young, so vibrant, your skin and everything? Do you have any secrets with that? Is it just the diet? It's the diet. I don't hold grudges. I don't stay angry. They cause wrinkles, <laughs> you know? Um, it's detoxing four times a year. When I detox, when I do my next detox, you should have me on again. I'll look even younger than this. Um, I use all natural products, <clears throat> a lot of my own products. I have my own products. Um, I'm very, I steam and sa I sauna on a regular basis. I, I have a whole protocol of what I do. I, I sleep in my bedroom. My bedroom is kind of like a rainforest. I have uh, lavender water dripping over my face all night and <laughs> Wow, really? I have plants all around. Uh, I, I, you know, I create for me. 
And that's why I'm able to help so many other people. Yeah. I create for me and what I need. That's, but thank yeah. you for the compliment. Yeah. No, you. I mean, this is something that's coming across so much is that you're someone that creates environments of success for yourself and you bring things into your life and surround yourself with that which serves you. Right. And then, and then you it draws people to you. Amazing. And then it, <laughs> right. I see my poor husband putting a, a shelf over the bed when I decided, oh, you know what? Because he doesn't like humidifiers. And so I got out a little travel humidifier we had and I put some lavender and I put it by my side of the bed and all night it was misting over me. And I thought, wow, it's like sleeping in a rainforest. So I told him I needed a shelf over the bed, which he built and he did. And he has to sleep with the rainforest too, but it's great for him too. <laughs> Fantastic. Karen, it's been yes. a great pleasure speaking to you today. Oh, and my pleasure. I uh, I look forward to I hope we meet someday soon. Yeah, you know, I've, I've spoken in the UK before, by the way. I was brought over by a chiropractic uh, school to speak mm -hmm. over there. And it was one of the most marvelous. There was a, a, a vegan restaurant that I went to there was called Mama. And they didn't have any raw there, but I got to be friends with the owner and she ended up putting raw on the place or whatever. And I went back a couple of times. I took my daughter and went back to London, but I love the UK. So anytime you want to bring me over there, I'm there. Okay? I'd love to do that. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And for thank everyone you. that is watching and listening, go and follow Karen on Instagram. Yep. And go to the spa as well if you're out there in... Is it Chicago the spa is in, or is it Michigan? Yes, it is. What's well, in Chicago? Yeah. Chicago. Excellent. Excellent. Um, any last Can words? Can I say one last thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My last word that I like to end every interview with, and to me, it's, it, it resonates with me on a consistent basis, that if you don't take care of your body, the most magnificent machine you'll ever be given, where are you going to live? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Karen. Fantastic. And everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please share this with others who need to hear this because a lot of people need to hear this message. And we will see you in the next episode of the Love Fruit Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for now, everyone. Thank you.